This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. And I could tell you story after story of tornadoes coming right at us or flying in airplanes and stuff and, and not being able to land and, and, and just taking our dominion and authority and speaking to the weather patterns and the things clearing up and able to land. I, when I won the Rookie of the Year, I had to go from... Uh, uh, it was the last weekend in the rodeo season, and man, I'd believed God all year to win the Rookie of the Year and then stood on God's Word, and it was a dream that I had, and I thought I was done, you know, I had it won, and the last, like, month, this guy just snuck by me, and I was like, where'd this guy come from, you know? So I get in the magazine, I'm looking, there's only two rodeos left in order for me to win the Rookie of the Year, and it was Almogordo, New Mexico, and a, and a rodeo in California. So I was like, all right, well, here we go, you know. And so I'm, I'm declaring God's word. And I was supposed to have a friend of mine who had a plane fly me from Alamogordo to New Mexico, I mean to El Paso, and then El Paso on California. Well, the storm blows in, raining, hailing, everything. Well, the guy calls his tray, I can't fly my little plane. I, you know, it doesn't have the right, you know, the gear and all that type of stuff on it. So I was like, oh, man, all right. So I, I met, made a friend. You know, I made a friend. He says, I'll drive you to the airport. And I was like, all right. So he was waiting on me at the end of the arena down there. And, and right before the team opened, the chute breaks down. And I'm thinking, bless the Lord, you know. And so I'm continuing to declare God's word and stand on God's word. And sure enough, they get it fixed. And we go out there and we're winning the rodeo. And I lope to the end of the pen and I hand my horse to somebody and I jump in the truck with this guy. And we're just gassing it all the way to El Paso. And if you come from that side to El Paso, I mean, there's light after light after light after light. And I just begin to declare as we approach El Paso, in the name of Jesus, I demand you to turn green in Jesus' name. And every one of them, green, 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 green. And it was just like a movie. We get to the airport, and this guy is just sitting out there on a golf cart. I'm thinking, yes, it gets to be a movie. He said, where do you need to go? And I jump in there, and he just gasses it before all the security and stuff. He gasses it, and I was the last one on the flight. The plane was already supposed to have left, but they held it there, got on the plane, and I was like, yes. And so we get to California, and I meet some bulldoggers in Las Vegas um, at the airport in there, and it's midnight, something like that. And they said, well, we're going too. You know, Trey, you want to jump in with us? I'm like, sure. You know, so I get in the back, see this little car, these two bulldoggers, you know, and I'm sleeping. And I wake up and we're lost in the middle of an orchard field in, in California. Anyway, we finally get there. Slack starts at 8 that morning. We get there like at 7.50. And, and sure enough, I jump on this guy's horse and we rope and end up winning second at that rodeo. Won the other rodeo and it gave me enough to win the rookie of the year. But I was supposed to preach at the World Horse Show, the Quarter Horse Show in Oklahoma City the next morning. And so I get back on the flight and everything. And so we're, you know, I'm flying and, and getting in there and they come on. They said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to reroute. You know, the storms have come in and we can't land and uh, you'll, it, you'll be rerouted to tomorrow. And I'm sitting there thinking, uh-uh. No, you don't. And I begin to speak to the clouds and I begin to speak to the high pressure and low pressure. And, and within minutes, the guy comes back on and says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there seems to be a break in the clouds. We will be landing at our intended uh, destination. So, so why not tell you that? Because we have authority in the name of Jesus. God is not a God of religion. And it's not, well, God is, is in control of everything. No, He's not. If God's in control of everything, He's doing a bad job. But sometimes in religion... We want to put all the blame on God. Well, God's ways are mysterious. 
No, but He wants to reveal the mysteries to us. And the only time God is in control is whenever we give Him control. So like we asked ourselves this morning, how are we doing? How am I doing on giving God control of my life? How am I doing on coming together in agreement with God's will for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? You know, a lot of times we spend all of our focus trying to get to heaven. He don't need us in heaven. He said, you pray that His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says, quit focusing on heaven and get my will done on the earth as it is in heaven. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to continue talking about the importance of confidence. Now, just like Pastor was saying earlier, the importance of hearing God's Word. I want to read Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 2. As you're turning over to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. It says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith, in those who heard it. The Word doesn't do us any good if we don't mix faith with what we're hearing. How do I know if I'm truly living in faith? You know, the Bible says, uh, by grace are we saved uh, through faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, when we're born into the family of God, to each one of us is dealt the measure of faith, the word measure in the Greek is the word matron, which means like if we were to come to your house and, and we had a piece of pie and each piece was cut up exactly the same and distributed that piece, when you come into the family, God is saying this is what happens. Each of us are dealt the measure of faith. We all start out on the same playing field. But then Romans 10, 17 says, Now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come? Faith doesn't come by praying for it. Faith doesn't come by singing for it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But then the half-brother of Jesus, James, tells us now faith is also doing. It's kind of like a, a coin. In order to have an exchange in, this, in our currency system, the coin has to have a heads and it has to have a tails, correct? If I had a heads and a heads, it wouldn't work. If I had a tails and a tails, it wouldn't work. It has to have a heads and it has to have a tail in order for there to be an exchange. Well, in the kingdom of God, faith is our currency, and faith is not just hearing, but faith is also doing. One side is hearing, the other side is doing. So if I'm hearing a lot, but I'm not doing, I'm not making an exchange in the currency with the currency of the kingdom. Are you with me? So we all have the measure of faith. He says, now faith increases by hearing and doing. He says, and this is the way you please God. Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 11.6, without faith it's impossible to please God, but those who come to God must know that He is, and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Pause. Is that me? Is that you? So he says, the word that we're hearing isn't doing us any good unless we mix faith with it. So what can I do with what I'm hearing? What can I do? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. He says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it, your confidence, carries with it a great and glorious compensation of reward. Compensation is payday. 
How many of you look for payday? Right? So there's an expectancy for payday to come. And God says, I don't want you to let go of your confidence in me and confidence in my word. And if you keep it, there's a payday coming. And the payday looks like God's word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. Payday looks like God's super coming upon our natural. God's payday looks like his presence being tangible and manifesting in our life. Payday is knowing God and being the best us that we can be. He says, don't throw away your confidence. See, the enemy wants us to get out of our place of rest. He wants us to get over into worry and care and where we're concerned. And if I'm in worry and care and I'm full of concern, I'm not in faith. We can't be in worry and faith at the same time. First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. I just want to read this to you right here. All the way to verse 9. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Therefore, now we're learning, right? You're giving me your best. I'm giving you my best. God always gives us His best, right? Therefore, humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Notice it didn't say God's going to humble you. You don't find that in the New Testament. God is not in the humbling business. Humble ourselves mean that I'm going to bring myself. He says, you bring yourself under submission to the Lordship of Jesus. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Anytime you see the hand of God in the Bible, it always represents blessing to God's people and judgment to the adversary. So when he says, when when we humble ourselves, true humility is saying about ourselves what God says about us. Well, I'm just, bless God, I'm just so unworthy. That's really pride. I just, bless God, I just don't deserve it. If you knew my past. That's really a form of pride. And the Bible says God resists the proud. And He gives grace to the humble. True humility is saying what God says. And God says that we're forgiven. And God says we're redeemed. And God says we're righteous. And God says we belong in His presence. And God says that you are worthy. And God says you're designed to be an overcomer and more than a conqueror. Humility is saying what God says. Not what Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong say. Humility is saying what God says. Oh, boo-boo, I'm telling you what, she has some zingers now. (laughs) So let's keep going. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. In due time, He will exalt you, casting all of your care upon Him. Casting a little bit of your care upon Him. Casting 75% of your care on Him. For He cares for you. See, The devil wants us to get out of our confidence and be full of care. And God says, don't don't fling, don't throw away your confidence. He says, if you're going to throw anything, throw the care. So so throw the care and keep the confidence. Because the enemy wants to get us in a place where we're out of rest, we're full of worry, we're full of fear, we're full of, I can't do this, and I don't know how it's going to happen. Have you ever noticed that the devil will get you focused on, on, on what you don't know? 
well, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how the healing is going to come. I don't know how the provision is going to come. I don't know how the I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and so then you get to the point that you don't know. You're so focused on what you don't know. I mean, he'll even say, well, what's your name? I, I don't know. <laughs> Instead of us focusing on what we do know, what we do know is we're in the kingdom of Almighty God. What we do know is God is innocent for us. What we do know is Word always works. What we do know is when we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, He said, I'll do whatever you're asking me in my name. I do know some things. You do know some things. So when we focus on what we do know and we take a step with what we do know, then the next step will come. Let's focus on what we do know. We know a lot more than what we think we know. What is the last thing that God told you to do and are you doing it? You do know. Say, I do know. Now he goes on to say, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, resist him steadfast in the faith. So he's seeking whom he may devour, letting us know that he doesn't have to devour us. He's just seeking someone who will let him devour. He says, so us, we resist him steadfast in the faith. How do we resist him steadfast in the faith? Resist him, he says, okay, James 4, 7, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. So notice he said, who, who, who's roaming around like a roaring lion? The devil. The devil is more of a job description. When you look at this word diabolo in the Greek, devil in the Greek, it comes from two words, diabolo. And it gives more of a job description, dia and balo combined. It's like a, somebody that takes a rock and they consistently throw it. And it means to penetrate. So, so what the enemy does, Revelations 12, 10 and 11, it says the accuser of the brethren, he, he, the enemy goes after our mind. How does he get us out of rest? How does he get us out of confidence? He goes after our mind. And so he begins to toss thoughts to you saying that you'll never be who God has called and created you to be. You'll never receive your healing. You'll never receive your deliverance. You'll never have the finances. And he consistently continues to toss. And if we don't resist him, eventually the thought penetrates our thinking, which eventually gets into our heart and our heart out of our heart flows the issues of life. So now what was once a lie because we didn't resist him and he is a persistent, consistent punk. And he will take the negative thought and about the old you and about the old addiction, about the old problem and he will stay at it consistently and if you don't resist it, it will eventually break the barrier in your thinking, get into your heart and now the lie becomes a reality because you believe it. He says, now this devil, this consistent, persistent, is throwing these thoughts wanting to penetrate your thinking because the battle's in the mind. But he says, we resist him steadfast in the faith. We do. Say, I do. The devil's not bigger than you and I. Revelation says that whenever we see him, we are going to laugh. See, Hollywood's done a good job of portraying this. Now, the devil, he's real. 
He says we don't wrestle against principalities, but powers, uh, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. It says uh, wickedness in heavenly places. So, so there is an enemy, and he is after our thinking. He is after our life. His job is to kill, steal, and destroy. But you and I, in Christ Jesus, have dominion and authority over him that he doesn't win in our life. Yeah, we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries with it a great and glorious compensation of reward. Verse 36, For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform, say that's me, fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what has been promised. Notice he says we have need of steadfast patience. Patience is not popping a squat and doing nothing. Well, bless the Lord. He's just, you know, it's just, I'm just worried. He's just working on my patience. No, patience is in us as born again children of God. Just like love and joy and peace and long suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness, it's already in us. We've just got to develop what is in us. Patience means being consistently constant. He says, you're going to have need of patience, consistently, constantly keeping your mind connected to God's word, your heart connected to God's word, your mouth in alignment with God's word. You're going to have need of patience so you can fully accomplish the will of God. So he says, keep your confidence. Don't let your confidence slip. And then I want you to be consistent, constant, confident. Consistently, constantly confident because your confidence carries with it a great reward. And if you'll keep your confident and you'll stay consistent and you'll stay constant, you will accomplish the will of God and you'll receive the promise and enjoy it to the full. Don't throw away your confidence. So I've got to ask, okay, what are some more things? We, we learned some this morning. What are some things that I can do to develop my confidence in God? Remember Philippians 1.6, being confident. Say confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in me will complete it until the time of Jesus' return. Being confident, an inward knowing, a certainty, an assurance, an inward belief, being confident. How do I develop my confidence in God? How do I develop my confidence in who God's created me to be? Number one, <clears throat> renewing our mind. And I know this is fundamentals, but just like in anything in life, if you get away from your fundamentals, you're not going to go very far. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Let's look at this. Renewing our mind gives us confidence. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That we may prove. And when I saw this scripture, when I first got born again, because see what happens, the greatest thing we can do as a sinner is get born again. But the greatest thing we can do as a born-again child of God is renew our mind. Because a lot of churches are full of born-again people with unrenewed minds. And that's why we keep dealing with our old addictions and our old problems. And it's the same story a different day, the Groundhog Day Syndrome. Because, yeah, we're born again. It happened instantly. But the changing of our life is a process. So he says, don't be conformed. The word conform means like a, a mold or um, 
like, like this bucket here. They probably have a mold that they pour the liquid into this and it comes out this shape. He says, don't allow the world to pour their thoughts and ideas and belief to mold who you are. Don't be conformed, but be transformed. Transform comes from the word metamorpho or metamorphosis, like changing from a, butterf a butterfly to a caterpillar, caterpillar to a butterfly. There's a, a transformation. There's a change. It says a, a change by the entire renewal of our mind. So if I want to change life, I've got to have changed thinking. So if I want to develop my confidence, then I've got to choose to renew my mind. When I renew my mind, I am letting go of my way of thinking and I'm connecting with God's way of thinking. So I'm born again, but the changing of my life, he says, if you'll get in this process of renewing your mind, you're going to prove. You're not going to guess. You're not going to wish. You're not going to hope. You're going to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How many of you want to know the good will of God? How, how many of you want to know the acceptable will of God? How many of you want to know the perfect will of God? If I'm not renewing my mind, I fail to discover this. But bless the Lord, Brother Trey, I go to church. <laughs> no, renewing our mind is a daily process. That I'm, I'm releasing the way that I think about a situation... And I'm finding what, if my thoughts line up with God's thoughts, and if my thoughts don't line up with God's thoughts, I release my way of thinking and embrace His way of thinking. But a lot of times we want to bring God down to our level. We want to bring God down to our way of thinking. We want to bring God down to our way of doing. That isn't what God said. He wants us to come up to His way of doing. Remember, have you heard this before? Well, God's ways are higher than our ways. You heard that? Okay, let, let's read the rest of the verse. The rest of the Scriptures, okay? Isaiah 55, you can read it in your own time. Verses 8 through 11. In verse 7, it says, Okay, the wicked forsake your way, unrighteous man forsake your thoughts. He says, my, my ways are higher than your ways. We agree? He says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We agree? He says, but as the rain and snow come down from the heaven and return not there again, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and sprout, he says, so shall the word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Now think with me. What is rain and snow? When they come down and they hit the ground, what happens? The moisture, whatever's in the ground, comes up. He says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Just like rain and snow, what they do to the earth. He says, my word is designed to release the real you. My word is designed to release the healed of the Lord that you are. To release the victorious warrior that you are. He says, as the rain and snow come down from the heaven and make it bring forth and spout. He says, my word, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will prosper in whatever it's sent unto. When you send the word of God into yourself, it's making it bring forth and sprout. It's making that thing change. It's making it. You're taking dominion and authority. You're coming up to God's way of living, God's way of thinking to operate like God does upon the earth. I don't know some of you are deciding if you like that or not. It's true. In order to keep our confidence, we've got to renew our mind. Yes, we do. 
Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the entire renewal of our mind. Ephesians 4, verse 23, you can look at that in your own time. It says that by the entire, entire spiritual renewal of your mind and your new attitudes and your new way of thinking. So if I want to put off the old man, I've got to think like the new man. How do I learn to think like the new man? By getting into God's Word. Releasing my old way of thinking. He used to, because see, the way we think, it affects what we believe. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So if I want to live differently, I've got to think differently. If there's no thinking different, then there's no living different. We can try to change things out here and it'll only last for a little while until we change what's going on up here. So the way that we thought about a certain situation, if we don't change the way that we thought, think about it, we're going to keep getting the same results. So in order to have confidence in God and confidence in what He's called us to do, in order to not let our confidence slip away, we've got to choose to renew our mind. Renewing our mind gives us confidence. Gives us confidence. Number two, declaring God's Word gives us confidence. Declaring God's Word gives us confidence. Now, I'm talking about our families. I'm talking about our businesses, our our physical bodies, what we're called and created to do. What has God said about your situation? He says, don't throw away your confidence. Okay, I don't want to throw away my confidence. I want to keep my confidence, don't you? So he says, okay, renew your mind. Say, renew my mind and declare God's Word. Declare God's Word. Say what God says about your situation, even whenever you don't feel like it. I remember I was going through this real difficult time, and the Lord says, Trey, you know, He reminded me when I, when I grew up, I wasn't supposed to run, wear, wear boots, all that type of stuff. When I was born, my, my feet were curled under and touching my heels, and I'd go in and break all the bones in my feet and do all these different types of things whenever I was little. And so I understood, you know, the whole process of the IV and different things like that. And He says, Trey, you know how in a hospital you're connected to an IV, and at first you don't feel any different. He says, but if you stay connected to the IV, it's dripping into your system. And and if you'll stay connected, what's happening? Strength's coming. Vitamins are coming. Nutrition is coming. Health is coming. Healing is coming. He says, if you will stay connected to my word, even when you don't feel like it, life is coming. Strength is coming. Peace is coming. Hope is coming. Confidence is coming. Stay connected to my word because my word is a carrier of my DNA and I know nothing about failure. I know nothing about sickness. I know nothing about disease. That's not in my thought process. He says, stay in my word. Let it drip in your heart. It's coming. Me, my super on your natural is coming. Picture God's word dripping into your heart, dripping into your mind. Power is coming. Strength is coming. Say, and and you let it drip from your mind into your heart, then it's going to come out of your mouth. See, when a person is confident in something, they're going to say it. When we're confident in what God has promised us, we're going to say it. When the pressure comes on, You know, just like an orange or something, you squeeze that thing, what's inside of it's going to come out. Whenever you you get squeezed, what comes out of you? Blankety, blank, blank, blank. Ah, ah. (laughs) If that's you, just look straight ahead, all right? 
I remember when I first got saved, I still lived in El Paso, and I was born again, man. I, you know, I was wanted, I'd going after God with all my heart, and this horse just ticked me off one day. And I'm telling you what, I gave this horse a come to Jesus meeting, you know. And I created some words. I mean, I was just letting them fly. And I got done, these people are looking around me, it's like, I thought you changed. I'm like, I thought I did too. <laughs> but that, that was a game changer for me because I didn't want that to ever happen again. And that day I started changing what was dripping, remember the IV? What was dripping into my mind, which was dripping into my heart. So the next time that pressure came on, I wanted it to be a different result. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 23, you can look at it in your own time, but he tells us, attend to my word, incline our ears unto his saying. Don't let them depart from my eyes. Keep them in the midst of our heart. He says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flows the issues of life. So how do I begin to change the way that I talk? Because Proverbs 8, 21, just like Pastor said, the power of life is in the where? It's in the tongue. James, I have brother Jesus tells us, James chapter 3, he says, just like a, you put a bit in a horse's mouth and you begin to turn him whichever way you want him to go, or just like a rudder on a ship, that it isn't going to turn just like on a dime, a big ship. It says, but remember, consistently, constantly, confidently, we're thinking on God's word, we're believing God's word, we're declaring God's word, just like that little rudder, even though the waves are hitting the big ship and the wind might be blowing, if we keep the rudder turned and we keep talking in the direction of the answer talking in direction of the promise, eventually that thing is going to turn and it's going to change course. Amen. Confess God's word to keep your confidence. See, you're going to believe you more than you're going to believe anybody else. Yes, sir. It's one thing when pastor speaks God's word over you, but it's another thing when you speak God's word over yourself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Psalms 107 verse 20 says, let the redeemer, verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let, let the redeemed of the Lord, remember Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Re, R-E, the, the prefix re means to bring back to the original. Deem means to purchase. So when God redeemed us through Jesus, He brought us back to that place of, of relationship so we can originally be who we're called and created to be. He says, now if that's truly you, He says, now you need to say so. You need to say that God has redeemed you from the power of the enemy. You need to say you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. You need to say you're forgiven. You need to say you're the righteousness of God. You need to say you're victorious warrior. You need to say you're delivered even whenever you don't feel delivered. Amen. Consistently, constantly, confidently, that's who you are confessing what God said. I remember when God was walking me out of this addiction, that addiction, and I remember I was, you know, I'd stop, I'd dip, you know, dip snuff for 18 years, and so this is just one of the, one of them. I'll just pick out one, all right? Just work with me here. And so I said, okay, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to try nicotine patches. Okay, so they said, but don't, don't, don't dip with nicotine patches. So I was like, okay, well, I won't dip. Well, how about I'll smoke with one? Then I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I dip with smoke and nicotine patch, and you're just like this. <laughs> right? And I was like, okay, that's not working real good. <laughs> but I, I found Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, which says, my son be addicted to my word. Okay, I understood that, that language there. Okay, I understood whenever you're addicted to something, you'll do whatever it takes to get it, right? So I began to think, all right, what, what am I willing to do to get God's Word? 
And even while I was still addicted, I would begin to say what God says because God says whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. And the Word says that I've been brought into the family of Jesus Christ and I've been delivered from the power of darkness. So even though I was still was smoking or dipping or drug, whatever it was, I was still I started declaring that I am delivered while I still in the natural had the addiction. And some of you are thinking, that's strange. You can call it what you want, but I call it freedom now. Amen. And I got so addicted to God's Word that the only side effect was freedom, deliverance, destiny, purpose, knowing the heart of God, walking in my covenant rights, being the person God's called and created me to be. So even while you're struggling with whatever you might be struggling, you keep saying what God says. Well, I don't feel saved. Well, you're still saved because the Word says you're saved. I don't feel delivered. You're still delivered because God says you're delivered. And what happens is spiritually when you pray, see what happens a lot of times is people come up for prayer. Stay with me. People come up for prayer. They get prayed for. The power of God is released. But then, okay, they get freedom. And then whenever the attack comes, the enemy comes back after their mind. Their soul isn't big enough to support what happened in the spiritual realm. See, we're a three-part being. We are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And so for so long, our body has dominated us we come up here and the spiritual power is broken, but our mind, will, and emotion isn't big enough. It's kind of like a bank account, okay? We haven't made enough deposits in our mind, our will, and our emotion, so our spirit man says you're free. Your spirit man says you're healed, but your mind still thinks like you're not healed. Your mind still thinks like you're still addicted. You're my, so your body gets in agreement with your soul, and your body and soul are the ones dominating you until you align your soul with your spirit and allow your spirit and soul to line up and to dominate you this is how we keep our freedom. Allow our spirit and our soul to come together in alignment, and then your body, stay with me, then your body will follow. Yeah. Whoever the sun sets free... Is free indeed. Yes, but how do I walk in that freedom? Verse 31, John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, it says, When I continue in God's Word, then I'm going to know the truth. The word know is an intimate word, just like a man and woman know each other. He says, Whenever you know the truth, the truth that you know, the truth that you're intimate with, the truth that you're intimately acquainted with, not just the truth you know in your head, but the truth that you know in your heart, that's the truth that's going to make you free. So in order to keep my confidence, I've got to renew my mind. In order to keep my confidence, I've got to keep saying what God says. I remember a guy came into the house for open lessons. He was from Brazil, and, and we're sitting there, and, and I've trained myself so much that I want to speak life, and I want to speak God's Word. And, and he looks at me, and he goes, Man, if I talk like you, can I rope like you? I said, I said well, it'll help for sure. 
But see, God wants it just to be, that's just who we are. We, we think like champions. We believe like champions. We train like champions. We talk like champions. We, we live a lifestyle that's victorious and overcoming because of our relationship with God. And we have a determination, devil, you're not going to rob me of my confidence. You're not going to steal my confidence in God because he wants to get us over here in worry and fear and unbelief and unrest. But when I'm over here back in rest and I'm confident in what God has said and what confident, confident in what God is doing, then we see God's best. We see God manifest. We see His will being done on earth as it is in heaven. So in order to keep my confidence, I've got to choose to renew my mind. What is that area that you need to, to get God's word concerning that situation? Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. Renew your mind to keep your confidence growing. Speak God's word to keep your confidence Going. Number three, meditate on God's word to keep your confidence developing. Meditate on God's word. The word meditate means to ponder. Yeah. It, it, it means just like, a, you know, you've seen the cows out there and they're chewing, right? And they swallow it, get some nutrients. <clears throat> they spit it back up, right? They swallow it back down again. That's, that's what meditation of God's Word does, is that you're, you're pondering it. It's, it means to, to roll it over, to speak it softly over and over again, that it's going from your mind to your heart, and you meditate on it. And, and then it goes back to your mind, and it comes back down to your heart, and you begin to talk it. You begin to talk what God says about you, that, God, you say that I'm the righteousness of God in you, and you're thinking on this, and you're believing it, and you're declaring it. See, your, your heart and your mouth are in connection in order to release the Word of God on earth, for the power of faith, for the force of faith to work, your heart and your mouth are working together. For example, whenever you get saved, what did you use? It says that when a, a man believes in his heart unto righteousness and declares with his mouth unto salvation, unto salvation doesn't mean just going to heaven. Salvation means healing and soundness and preservation and wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken on earth. So the same way you come into the family of God is the same way you activate the promises of God. You believe in your heart and you declare with your mouth. I choose to believe God's word. This will help all of us when you see. Let, let's, you know your ABCs? Okay, let's at least start the ABCs, okay? So if you're writing this down, this will help us. When I see a promise from God's Word, regardless of what anybody has taught me or what I think about it, I'm going to choose to, letter A, agree with God's Word. Agree with God's Word. Say, agree with God's Word. Letter B, believe God's Word. Whether you feel like it or not, I'm going to believe God's Word. Say, believe God's Word. Letter C, I'm going to confess God's Word. I'm going to say what God says about my situation. I'm going to confess God's Word. So when I see a promise, I'm going to choose to agree with God because He's smarter than me. Say amen. amen. I know it's a newsflash for some of you. <laughs> I'm going to believe God's Word. Say, I'm going to believe it. Believe I'm going to confess God's Word. I'm going to confess it. Confess. And I'm going to D is do God's Word. I'm going to do God's Word. And when I'm doing God's Word, see, that's part of patience. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to expect God to do what He said He would do. Because, see, my action is a part of my seed that I'm sowing in towards my situation. Yeah. D is doing God's Word, and then E is expect. Expect God's Word. 
agree with God's word, believe God's word, confess God's word, do God's word, expect God's word, and we can keep going, but that's enough for now. Not that you don't know your whole ABCs, but I just thought I would, yeah. I was helping some of you out there, right? Like, well, you're just going to stretch me if we kept going on those ABCs. <laughs> so in order to keep our confidence, we've got to choose to renew our mind. We've got to choose to declare God's word. We've got to choose to meditate in God's word. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This is a powerful, life-changing scripture right here. I remember when I was... Uh, first going after the things of God, and I started seeing some of these truths. Now, I'll read it, and then I'll, I'll tell you the story here. Verse 8, he says, There's, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate, say meditate, meditate. on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will deal wisely and have good success. 1 Timothy 4.15, it says, Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. He says, Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. But we don't have to go around telling people about all the stuff that, that we're doing and all the progress that we're making if... The proof's going to be in the pudding. The fruit's going to be on the tree. He says, when we meditate, remember the cow? Right? We're meditating on it. We're getting some nutrients out of it. I remember when I first saw Joshua 1.8 and I was working on my healing. I had a desire to, to rope good and be one of the top ropers and and, and I'd have these three-by-five note cards as before we had the phones, you know, with all this type of stuff. And I would write God's Word on it. Because, see, we're thinking about something all the time. And he said, if I would think on what God said about my situation, I would meditate on it, I would say it, I would do it. He says, then I would deal wisely, and then I would have good success. And so I'd have my, my note cards. I, have, I mean, I had a stack of them. I'd sweat them out, and I'd have to write new ones, you know. And so I'd have my, my note cards of what God's Scripture said. Now you've got the God's Promises book or your phone, you know. And I would chase my goat in a circle, and I'd be healing this goat, and I'd meditate the Word. And I'd chase my goat in a circle, and I'd meditate the Word. And I'd wrote my saw and I'd have the scripture cards up on my, my sawhorse there and I had a little wire, a little hook made right there. And so I'd, I'd throw a loop and then I'd look up and I'd meditate. And I'd throw another loop and I'd look up and I'd meditate. And I would keep them in my pocket and I'd run a steer in the pen and in between steers I would pull it out and I would look at it. See, I was, I was meditating. Getting it in our heart. So out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. Psalms 45, verse 1, it says that our tongue is a pen of a ready writer. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1, verses 3 says our heart is like a tablet. So if all my heart knows how to do is produce, and what's been producing in my life I don't like, I've got to start sowing new seeds... And I've got to start rewriting what is on my heart because a word is a seed. A word is just a thought expressed. You ever thought about that? What, what is a word? 
A word is a, a thought expressed. God's word are his thoughts expressed. Where, where do thoughts come from? Thoughts are infinite. And either we can't get away from the negative thoughts that are in this world, but we have power and authority to pull down wrong thoughts and build up right thoughts, and we want to make sure that we get the right thoughts from our source. And when we get connect our mind to His thoughts, now His Word is expressed, not just out of our mouth, but out of our life. So I want to renew my mind. I want to confess His Word. I want to, I want to meditate on His Word. And every time I'm speaking with my tongue... I'm writing on my heart. And if I consistently, constantly, confidently say what God says about my situation, it's going to rewrite what's on my heart. And my heart knows just how to produce, whether good or whether bad. So if I'm, let's say, how, how, do, you, how do you see yourself physically? How do you see yourself financially? How do you see yourself in your business? Or let's just say, maybe, let's say if you come out of addiction or something like that and you have a tendency for your mind to keep going back there or your mind to keep being negative. Don't raise your hands, but I want you to think. Do you ever deal with negative thinking? So, so how do I deal with negative thinking? Okay, because I can't stop the thoughts from, from coming, but I determine which th thoughts stay and which thoughts go. So if I want to change a negative pattern of thinking, because remember the devil who's consistently wanting to penetrate the way that you think. And this is why Paul says, okay, I want you to think on things that are good and lovely and pure and just and of a good report. If you can find anything praiseworthy, I want you to think on these things. So negative thoughts are coming. Negative thoughts are coming. Negative thoughts are coming. In order to change negative thoughts, I can't change negative thoughts with thoughts. You ever tried to do that? I mean, it's like you're doing mental gymnastics up there. Mm, mm, mm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Mm, mm. It's like there's a wrestling match in your head up there. We change negative thoughts, listen, with words. Wrong thoughts are changed with right words. For example, whenever I say black dog, what did you just see in your mind? When I say black dog with broke ear, what did you see in your mind? When I say black dog with broke ear and three legs, what did you just see? You're like, I see a dog that needs help. That's what I see. <laughs> and his name's Fluffy, all right? <laughs> see how your mind has to wrap around words? So if your mind keeps going negative, open your mouth up with the right words so your mind will eventually wrap around what God says about you. How do I keep my confidence? I choose to renew my mind. I'm changing the way that I think. How do I keep my confidence when the enemy's wanting to get me into a place where I'm not confident, where I'm worried, where I'm afraid? I choose to say what God says, even whenever I don't feel like anything's changing. I choose to meditate on God's Word. Number four, and we're going to be done here. How can I keep my confidence? Is learning how to pray according to God's Word. Now, this is a doozy here, especially in church. You know God wants to answer our prayers? Yes, he, does. he wants to answer our prayers without us begging, 
We don't have to stand outside and bombard the gates. Jesus made a way for us to approach Him boldly. Confidently. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, it says, This is the confidence. Say confidence. This is the confidence that I have in Him. This is a confidence I have in Him that if I ask anything according to His will, I know that He hears me. And if I know that He hears me, then I know I have the petitions that I've asked of Him. This is the confidence that I have in Him that if I ask anything according to His will, how do I find out His will? Through His Word. No Word, no will. Oh, God, you, you, just, you just do whatever you want to do. If I want to have confidence in my prayer life, John chapter 16, verse 23, 24, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Right? John 15, verse 7 says, You abide in the Word, the Word abides in you. You will ask what you will and it will be done unto you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11, it says, Ask and you shall receive, you seek and find, and knock and the door will be open." Right? Okay, so this is the confidence that I have in Him that if I ask anything according to His will, so if I want to have confidence that He's hearing me, I've got to find out what His will is. His will comes from His Word. And so now I'm renewing my mind to His Word. I meditate on His Word. I'm talking His Word. Sometimes we pray too soon. What? Sometimes we pray before we're ready. Sometimes there has to be a discovery of God, what is your will in this situation? Now you can fellowship with Him, you can pray to Him. Prayer is just communication with God, right? You can talk to Him. Lord, lead me. Holy Spirit, lead me in this situation. Show me the scriptures that you want to pray. But when you find the scripture, that is God's word revealing God's will. Now meditate on it. Now get it in your heart. Now get it coming out of your mouth. And then whenever you pray, Mark eleven twenty three and 24, you believe that you receive whenever you pray and you shall have. What sort of things you desire when you pray, believe. So you're praying. Say, I'm praying. How do I develop my confidence? I'm praying. How do I develop my confidence? I'm renewing my mind. How do I develop my confidence? I'm saying what God says. How do I develop my confidence? I'm meditating on it. Right? Remember the cow? You know, I was tempted to have everybody do that, but then I thought, that might get messy on us. But I find, I find God's Word. And it develops confidence. He says, now, whatsoever things you desire, where, where, where do you get your desires from? Your heart, from God's Word. Psalms 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord. He gives you the desires of your heart. Philippians 2, 13, it says um, that it's God who works in me, creating the power, creating the desire, both to will and to do. I was asking the Lord years ago, I said, Lord, how do I know my desires and your desires? And I was, out, I was outside, I was watering the horses. You ever fill up the water trough, you know, and you just let it run over to all the grasshoppers and hay and everything else? This floods out the side. Have you ever done that? Stand up, David. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was doing this, and he says, Trey, listen. He says, Trey, if you'll keep my word flowing in your heart like that, I will flush out everything that is not of me. Amen. And what is remaining are my desires for your life. God's desires come from His Word. God's desires come from time in His presence. God's desires come from not just playing church, but being in relationship. 
God desires. What sort of things you desire when you pray, believe, say believe, believe. that you receive. The word receive means to take. Take. How, how would you, if you prayed something and you know it's God's will and you're confident that it's God's will and you know if you knew that God heard you, think with me, if I truly believe that God hears me, this is the confidence that I have in Him that if I ask anything according to His will, I know that He hears me. When I'm praying the Word, I can be confident God's hearing me. Say, He's hearing me. This is the confidence that I have in Him that if I ask anything according to His will, I know that He hears me. And if I know, if I know that He hears me, if I know that He hears me, if I know that He hears me, then I know I have what I've asked for. So if I know that He hears me and I'm praying according to His will, then I can take what He's promised me. I can take it. Even when the doctor says something else, I can take my healing. Even if the economy says something else, I can take my provision. Even if this situation says something else, I can take my family being saved and serving God. I can, I can take the promise. How can you take the promise when you don't see it out here? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You're renewing your mind. You're declaring God's Word. You're meditating on God's Word. Your confidence is there because you know you prayed and God heard it, so you settle it in the spiritual before you ever see it in the natural. Remember Abraham, the father of faith, that said he called things that be not as though they were. God saw him as the father of many nations and even changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Sarah to Sarah. And he says, now call things that be not as though they were. Isn't that the way God created the earth? It was darkness and he didn't say, boy, it sure is dark out here. (laughs) No, what did he say? Light be and light was. Well, that's a little strange. You know, I just don't believe in that stuff. Okay, let's go back to Fluffy. Remember the broke ear and the three legs? <laughs> not, not lucky either. That... <laughs> okay, let's say the dog's name is Fluffy, okay? So you go out to fleet Fluffy, and it's time for Fluffy to eat. And Fluffy's not there, what are you going to do? You're going to call him. Well, bless God, I just don't believe in that calling stuff. No, if Fluffy is not there, and you're going to feed him, what are you going to do? You're going to call her. Right? You're going to call him. Why? Because you, even though Fluffy doesn't seem to be there, you want Fluffy to come. He says, this is the same way you do. You call things that be not as though they were. Your right leg might be hurting, but you call the thing healed. Well, bless God, it doesn't feel healed. You call things that be not as though they were. My bank account doesn't look like anything's in there. Call it in. Call things that be not as though they were. What are you calling? You're calling what God says about your situation. Whenever I I was believing God for... For my wife, Heather, I was calling things that be not as though they were. And I, I, would, I would pray and I'd speak the word over my wife, you know. Oh, yeah, she loves God and loves me and respects God and respects me and honors God and honors me. And, and, and she's tall and blonde. And I'd even go to Starbucks. And you know what I'd order? Tall blonde. I was a man of faith, boy. What was I doing? He said, amen back there. What was I doing? I was calling things that be not as though they were. Now that I got my tall blonde, I don't order tall blonde anymore. You know, I'll just go for the straight stuff there. Espresso. Espresso, that's right. How do we keep our confidence? We renew our mind. Say, renew my mind. Confess God's Word. Meditate on God's Word. Learn how to pray. 
Learn how to pray. Some prayer chains you don't want to be on. I'm just being honest. Just because you have more people begging doesn't mean you have answers coming. We want to pray with people that know how to pray. God wants us to get results. God wants us to get results in our life. God wants us to get results. So how do we get results? We renew our mind. How do we get results? We say what God says. How do we get results? We meditate on God's Word. How do we get results? We pray God's Word. Amen. 